Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. Hello and welcome to Garibaldi Red as we look back on a couple more draws for Forest, uh, this time the 0-0 draw at West Brom on Friday night and a little bit on the draw with Luton uh, back last week. And to do that, we're joined first of all by former Red striker Nathan Tyson. Hello Nathan, you well? Yeah, very good, thank you. How are you? Yes, good. Not bad at all, thank you. Not bad at all. And the second guest returning to the show is Reds fan Greg Mitchell. Greg, are you well? Yeah, yeah, very well. Good, thanks. Good, 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 good. Uh, well, you both watched the game on Friday. Um, Nathan, as the guest of honour, why don't you have first did? What, what, what did you make of it? I mean, Forest fans were a little disappointed afterwards. What would you have made of it as a player to, to draw that game? Yeah, I think it was... Um, I think they were there for the take in West Brom. I think they hadn't been doing so great of late. Um, you know, going down to 10 men as well. Um, I just felt as though Forest could have took the game more to them. But having said that, Coming away with a point uh, and building on the momentum that they've built up so far is probably the most important thing. But I, I, I thought that West Brom were there for the taking, to be honest. What about you, Greg? You, you went, didn't you? Mm. Yeah. What was, I mean, what was the mood coming out afterwards? Good. It was a good... I mean, the thing is, before the game in that afternoon, you'd say draw at West Brom, get a convincing win on Saturday... Um, it was miserable conditions. God knows what it must have been like to play in, but it was never going to be fancy football in that. I mean, we were on the back row of that away stand and the rain was still hitting us. So it was utterly miserable, but it was a, it was an OK game. And yeah, first off, they probably looked the better side, but we were certainly well in it. And I just think we could have, we could have gone for them a bit more even before uh, they went down to 10 men. But we gave it a good go and it was just, it was nice to walk away disappointed only getting a draw there. It shows how far we've come in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Would you have had any complaints about the sending off, Greg, if it was a Forest player who'd gone for those two yellows? No, no. Uh, yeah. At the time, I thought he was, I mean, to be honest, I've not really watched it back, the highlights, because it was one of those games where you're not too bothered about no, seeing it again, it again, but... I thought he was going to give a straight red at the time and the crowd certainly reacted like that. And it was interesting what Nathan said about West Brom not doing that well. As soon as the sending off happened, half their crowd seemed to disappear. They seemed to have had enough. And you thought, God, being that miserable in the position they're usually at every week in, week out, I don't think they realise how lucky they are. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cooper made a substitution straight away. He got Alex Might and Arnie took Figueredo off. It was a positive change. Do you think Forrest... Could have done anything different, Nathan, to, to eke out a goal. They didn't really create anything after that red card, did they? No, that was a disappointing thing for me. I've just thought, you know, when you go to, you play against a team that, are, you know, uh, gone down gone down a man, um, you need to, for me, it just would have been nice to maybe put more diagonals, diagonal passes across, across the pitch. It would have been nice to switch the play a lot quicker. 
um, you know, just to move it because when you go down to 10 men, the main thing that you want to do is you stay solid in the middle of the park and make the team go around you. Any balls coming in the box, defend it with all, with, you know, with your life. Um, but Forrest just didn't seem to do that. It just seemed to be lacking that cutting edge um, and their possession play as well was just a little bit off. But having said that, there's so much improvement. You can see it. Um, even though the game wasn't great, and like Greg said, the conditions were, were horrible. Um, but, you know, you're playing against a team who are in the top three, um, and I just I just felt it's like, yeah, for me, I would be disappointed um, just because you go down to 10 men and you should have won the game. But, you know, coming away with a point, I'd be happy with, but I just would have liked to see more penetration into the final third, um, just causing them more problems, especially. Is that your dog barking, Greg? Yeah, yeah. No, it's no, not. It's my dog. Is it your dog? Oh, you both got yeah. dogs. I've shut like two oh, doors it's... just in case. <laughs> there's, there's a delivery van outside the house. The dog goes mad. Like you can't walk past me. house. the neighbours know when they hear a bark, it's my dog. So, oh, so I apologise for that now. It's all right. Uh, well, we just had like ten Amazon boxes delivered or something. So at Christmas time, isn't it? It's happening to everyone. Yeah. Where do you think Forrest are at then, Greg? It's Five wins out of six, I think now. Sixteenth in the table. Uh, seven points off the playoffs are written down here. They're not playing badly at all. They're very hard to beat. How good are they at the moment? I would have liked five wins out of six. Yeah. <laughs> it's five, five draws. Five draws, sorry. Five yeah. draws out of six. Um, yeah. We're in touching distance. Sixteenth doesn't sound very good, but seven points off the playoffs is brilliant. Again, where we've come from to where we are now... We're going to be one of those teams that, yeah, we're going to be in danger of losing one of two really good players for us at Christmas. But we're also going to be one of the few teams that could strengthen. And I think we will. Um, It's weird. You know, you come away from Luton at home, delighted with a point, and you come away from West Brom away, a bit gutted we only drew. So the championship's mental and there's going to be some weird stories happen from now until the end of the season. So I still say it could be us and we could still make those playoffs. Mm-hmm. I guess Forest do look pretty good at the back, Nathan, don't they? I mean, I don't, don't know how much you've seen of them this season, but Warrell and McKenna, they seem like they've got a foundation there at least. Yeah, certainly. I was really impressed with Warrell. Uh, he was doing, a, he's doing what he was supposed to do, defend. Uh, he was sliding in, stopping crosses, you know, you're clearing clearing balls out the box he was very organized you could tell he was his communication was on point uh with with his team and i was just really 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 pleased with his performance he deserves his man in the match if i'm honest um he was a clear he was head and shoulders above probably a lot of people on the pitch anyway um mind you i was very impressed with spence i thought he was the one that was going to cause issues against west brom I just think maybe, obviously, with what I was saying earlier, the lack of the final ball, the end product was, was lacking a bit. But, yeah, defensively, they do look solid. And the partnership he has with McKenna. I mean, I've not seen a lot of them this season, but from what I saw on Friday, I'd be very happy with. And I think that's why Greg's saying, and, and the fan, you know, fans are disappointed with you know coming away with just a point. You could tell that the game was there for the taking. And with how how much progress Forrest has made. It's uh, it's definitely moving in the right direction, but the defence is, is very, very key. Sam, Samba looks very good. I thought he played very well. Um, you know, he looks confident. 
and uh, yeah, I was I was I was pleased with it. When you got back, when you when you know you can rely on your defence and they're not conceding goals, the rest is pretty much easy. Mm-hmm. Well, um, Samba, <laughs> Samba does look good to be fair. Who's the best keeper you would have played with, Nathan? You can say oh, Bywater at Derby if you want, but <laughs> I'll never play. I, um, I played with him at Doncaster actually. Um, I'd probably say Marcus Harneman at Reading. Yeah, uh, was probably one of the best keepers I played with. Um, he, 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 to be fair, he had a mistake in him. He had a wild moment. <laughs> he he would come charging out, and yeah, he, he probably thought he's quicker than what he was. But he he's uh, when he got the ball from set pieces, he would just chuck it to the halfway line, and you were gone. The counter attacks were, were fantastic, and that season we got into the playoffs that year. But he was definitely he's definitely up there for me. How much difference, I asked that because I'm going to say, how much difference does it make when you know you've got a quality keeper? Do so you know you've got someone who's probably not the standard that you really want? Does it make a big difference in defenders' minds? Uh, yeah, because especially if you're playing back to your goalkeeper and stuff, you know, you want to make sure your keeper is able to deal with a you know, variety of back passes and etc. Um, if you're not confident in your goalkeeper, it just it runs through the defence. Uh, and then it filters through the team um, and you don't have no confidence in that player which is unfortunate really but then that's where we train you know you know, four or five times a week to make sure we get that relationship right and goalkeepers can have an off day just like you know just like the outfield players and uh, it's um, yeah you definitely want someone that you know is that if someone's going 1v1 one, one one with that keeper you know they've got a very good chance of, of keeping you in the game yeah, Samba's certainly been sensational of late. Um, going back to the West Brom game, Greg, the team selection was always going to be interesting because they're short at left-back mm. and there was a question of whether it would be Bong or Lolly or whoever at left wing-back. I want you to talk about Bong. I saw, was it, you did tweet after the game the other day that he got booed coming on by Forest fans. Yeah, I mean, it was a minority. It was only a few, but it was so clear. I mean, I had friends in the Trent end who said the same and it's just I don't get... Uh, it's so easy to be a football fan and you think, why on earth would you do that? It's just mental. If the bloke's not... Um, his confidence might be a bit shot anyway. He's going to see the comments, and but he don't need to hear it when he's coming on the pitch. And to be fair, at West Brom, yeah, he's not the first choice. He, we're struggling if he's having to be the first choice, but get behind him. And people did at West Brom. They were singing his name and a couple of mistakes, but he didn't do that bad a job. I do wonder whether you take one of the, like, if you take Figueredo out, you could even, someone was even talking about putting Mighton in a position like that. And I mean, stranger things have happened, haven't they, with like Matty Cash and how he developed. And I do think Bong isn't the solution, but if that's the guy we've got there, then, you know, get behind him and a couple of mistakes against West Brom, but he didn't cost us anything. And he, you know, he did his job, really. So it's just. Yeah. The, the Luton game, that was just disappointing. It reminded me of the, the bad times at the start of the season. But it was it was a minor thing. It wasn't too bad, luckily. No. I mean, I got Hillary for saying he'd done OK at half-time. It's it mad. Was... You're not... Yeah. But it, do you know the good... The, the one positive of this is it's took the pressure off Yates. And yeah. Yates played superb again. And it's like the usual suspects aren't digging at him every week. So... It's just strange football he got fans. Booed. He got booed by Albion fans for a pathetic yeah. reason because he accused Jay Rodriguez of racist abuse in 2018. It wasn't proven, but it's not the reason to boo a player. That was really pathetic. Mm. Um, 
What about Bond, Nathan? I don't know. You won't have seen too much of him. It, you didn't have a great game. You didn't have a bad game. But is it is it difficult being a teammate of a player who you know the fans aren't on, on side with and that you know he's struggling? I think it's a concern. I think um, the most important thing is you need to check in with his well, welfare and his well-being. Um, you know, to be booed by your own fans is a confidence killer. And you're asking the player... You know, as as a fan, you're asking your, that player to perform for your football club. And how is he going to want to perform for your football club if he knows he's getting booed? Like Greg said, it's only a small minority. I've been booed in the past and it's a confidence killer. We're human beings at the end of the day. And um, it's, it's sad to hear that. It's sad to hear that. And uh, he, he didn't do much wrong. And he didn't do... You know, certain things that I would like to see my left-back do or wing-back do. But at the end of the day, he was still part of the team that kept a clean sheet. Um, but if I was the captain, obviously the manager and the coaches, I don't don't know them. Um, but I'd like to think that they're putting their arm around him, checking, checking that he's OK. Because if it was one of my teammates getting booed, I'd be sitting down with them, just saying, checking in with them, saying, look, you're OK. You know, um you know, fans can be very, very fickle and quite vicious at times. But on the flip side of it, they can be right behind you as well and be the nicest people you can ever meet. Um, but it's sad to hear that. It's sad to hear. He's a human being at the end of the day. He's not a bad player. He's become a professional footballer for a reason. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just sad. Like Greg said, he didn't do much wrong. And that was it. It does seem, Greg... I don't know if I'm right about this or not. There's a bit of a divide in form at the moment in the Forest camp. You've got players like Samba, Worrell, McKenna in really Yates in really good form. Well, probably at Garnet's that list. Um, but then you've got other players. Zink and Agle seems to have taken a dip. Brennan Johnson seems to have taken mm. a dip. Um, they don't really look like it's so much of a goal threat at the moment, do they? No, yeah, it is the final third where we're struggling, isn't it? But that's why you hope, you know, the likes of Taylor are going to eventually come on because he he hasn't really got to the level we hoped he would yet but there's still a decent player in there Johnson's just he's just young isn't he he's brilliant he's so good but the last few games he's been quiet um yeah Zink he got subbed didn't he on Friday and that's probably the right decision but um you know just Worrell McKenna just so good they were so so good and I, I just think we're in danger of losing Mar- uh, Worrell to, you know, the kind of offer that we can't refuse. And I just hope it's at the end of the season and not in January because uh, he's irreplaceable in our squad at the minute. Is he better than McKenna, Worrell? I think they're both very, very well. McK- How much was McKenna? Three million? Three million, I think. Yeah. The, the bargain, absolute bargain. As long as he keeps fit, you can see how good he is. But just having two solid centre-backs like that, no wonder we're getting the clean sheets. We just need to be able to do a little bit more further afield. I noticed Worrell did his like trademark massive pass right to the left diagonal again at the weekend, and that made me smile. It's his favourite ball, that one. But <laughs> we just need to find how we can be more of a threat. And you hope on Saturday against a team we should beat uh, that we'll get the goals. Johnson might get his goal, and that suddenly changes everything, doesn't it, for an attacking player? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see. Fingers crossed, really. Have you played the centre-halves? Do you think they've got the passing range of Beckham, Nathan? 
I've played with goalkeepers who have got some Yeah, there's been a few in the career. I can't know. We'd be here all day if I named them all. <laughs> I wanted to ask you about Brennan Johnson, Nathan, because there's yes. a few similarities in, in his game to you. He's very quick and he can beat a player, but Forrest seem to have struggled of late to get him in the game as much. I mean, what is there anything, what advice would you give to Brennan as a 20-year-old who's got the world at his feet? Is there anything you could say to, he's not playing badly at all, but would you give him any advice just to get his form back at all? Well, I've known Brennan since he was, funny enough, his daughters went to the same school as my twin daughters, so I've seen Brennan when he was, he was a tiny kid. <laughs> so seeing him do what he does, uh, it's fantastic to see. Um, it's a real joy and pleasure when you see someone like that, uh, you know, very, very good lad, um, very polite and progressing and playing for the club, you know, it's, it's fantastic to see. Um, of course, he is young, um, you know, it's, I remember when I was at that age, it was the senior players and the manager that got behind me, um, you know, I was being coached up by John Solarco and I wasn't even a winger back then. Um, but I was, that was the only place that I was going to get into the first team at Reading. So they were teaching me, like, you know, balls into the box. I think the most important thing is that as a winger, you, you, your contribution is mainly assist. Obviously, you want to get goals, you want to get as many goals as you want. But, you know, you need to, you need to help get the balls in the box. There's, I just was quite disappointed with the lack of penetration into the final third and the lack of balls into the box. You know, you... You've got Graben, who could potentially be a 15-20 goal season man, but how's he going to do that with lack of service? It's and that's the same for Lyle Taylor. He's proven it before, um, but if you're not getting the balls in the box, and I think that uh, you know you're not going to you're not going to score, you're not going to create enough chances. Um, but Johnson is, you know, Brennan's. He's doing a fantastic job. He's still young, still learning, and you know there's. I'd just like to see him be even more direct than what he is and create more. Um, but, you know, that, that stuff happens on the training field. Was there a learning curve for you as a younger player who's obviously faster than the fullback nine times out of ten? Do you have to learn a bit about your game? Um, simplify it. I massively simplified my game. Um, you know, I used, to, I used to try and step over every now and then. Uh, when I was younger, and I just remember Kevin Dillon, my youth team coach, he said, no, stop that, you don't need to do that, right? Just knock the ball and run. And that's exactly what I just did. I just used to get it to my feet, especially out in the wide areas, just knock it down the line and sprint past them. He said, you know, there's, there was times in my career where I had defenders that you rugby tackle me into the stand. Uh, Danny Cullock, from what you may remember him, he was at Forest and that. But when he was at Brighton, he literally rugby tackled me into the stand at Wickham. It was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and he'd say to me, say, I had to do it. So, it's, it, you know, you've got to use your what, what you're blessed with. You know, I was blessed with my pace. I still am, fortunately. Um, but it was just one of those things. Just use your, use your ability. Um, you, know, Bre- you know, Brennan's got a lot more. He can jink in, jink out. I was, you know, he can he can twist a defender up, which is fantastic, especially when he gets into tight spots in the wide areas. Um, but it's just, I just like to see more deliveries in the box, you know, especially from players like him, because he has the ability and he's going to go far. He's got a very, very bright future ahead of him. Do you think Forrest need to make a change, Greg? Um, just freshen it up a bit. It's been Zinkenagel and Johnson. 
probably the last four or five games, maybe give Lolly a start. Meissen hasn't a start for ages. Take Zinkenagel out or maybe Brennan out for one game. I'd, I'd like to see Johnson start again on Saturday. I just think it's going to be his kind of game and a real confidence game. But yeah, maybe Zink. But he, again, he's a quality player. Mm. Um, what always gets me is like with Graben, like you want him to be the guy, the poacher in the box. And quite often you see him out on the wing, like putting crosses in when we're in that final third. And you wonder whether he's like trying to get a message across saying that he's not getting enough help out that side or what. But um, when we often do play with one striker, it must be hard for them. But we've got to start getting a few more goals in there. And I think Johnson's the key to that, isn't he? So keep him starting on Saturday. Yeah, what do you think about that, Nathan? Graben, he drops deep when he plays up front on his own and sometimes they don't get enough men in the box, especially against the good teams. I mean, I don't know how much you played up front on your own. It must be, it's a it's a hard slog, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, it is, but you've got to work to everyone's attributes. You know, we did it when we got promoted back in 2008. Uh, you know, I, I was spearheading the attack and then Chris Cohen was just behind me. You know, Chris would pick up the ball in between and Fred balls through to me or, you know, play it up wide. I was just basically occupying the two centre-offs or one centre-off or whatever, whatever formation you're up against. And for me, that's what Graben's doing is a sign of frustration. He wants to get on the ball. He wants to try and make things happen. Um, when a striker gets into that environment of, look, I'm sick and tired. I'm standing up here. I'm not getting any service. I want to drop deep. But your drop, you know, if that happens, then you drop deep. Then someone else needs to penetrate through through their back line, um, and it's he just looks frustrated um, to me. Uh, he's not getting the service that he needs and what he requires. Um, and that's if you if you change Grabham and you put Taylor in, or if you put anyone else in, get an old striker and you put someone else in, the problem's not going to go away. It's the lack of service into the final third. Um, I would like to see Graben stay down the middle, uh, occupy the two centre halves, and then, like you said, be a fox in the box when we get the deliveries in there. But if you start coming up wide, you're taking up someone else's space, it just goes a bit wrong. Um, Nathan mentioned about frustration there, Greg. Nate, um, well, Taylor looked very frustrated on Tuesday, I thought, against Luton. He put in a terrible tackle. Mm. Uh, it, it could have been an Ethan Tyson tackle at one point. I don't know, <laughs> flying through, <laughs> flying through the fullback, sliding in. He could have gone for it. I thought. Um, what did you make of Taylor against Luton, Greg? One thing that you always notice with him is, like, when their keeper's got the ball, he's always got a lot of energy and he's chasing him down and making sure they haven't got too much time with it. But like, again, I don't know whether it's him or well, he's scored loads of goals in the past, hasn't he? I just don't think we must be playing how he prefers. So he's going to have to change his game quickly if it's going to fit in with how we play. But again, it's just, I don't know whether we need like a, an FA Cup run against some smaller teams to see what's in the youth teams again, like we did at the start of the season or or what, because we haven't got the options up there. So um, we're not going to be able to give Taylor time to, to like find his form, it's got to it's got to happen sooner rather than later. Especially if the aim is top six now, you know mm. we're we're within touching distance of that group of teams that are so close together, uh, but we can't keep drawing. Which they are they have all been quite good results, but we've got to start turning them into some wins, and that's down to 
Taylor Graben, Johnson, you know, uh, Garner. Garner's played a lot better recently, but uh, it's got to be down to those players that can change a game. Yeah, I think you want, um, I guess you want Taylor to hold the ball up and he just doesn't, he hasn't really done that when he started. He hasn't, it hasn't really worked for him. Would you know him from uh, Pat Ships in the night in League One, Nathan? Would you have played against Lyle Taylor a few times or not? Not many times. Uh, yeah, not not come across him too many times. But, you know, he's a player who's got, like Greg said, he's got high energy. Uh, for You know, he is a big lad as well. Um, but he just, it's just that frustrating. Every time I've watched him uh, play for Forest, he works his socks off but it's almost like he's trying too hard to impress and I've been in that situation before when you get into that category of in your mind that you need to think oh right I need to I just need to do something you know get the fans up you know it's so much pressure on yourself on your shoulders and it's only a time where you end up getting dropped and it's like right okay well there's a reason why I've been dropped and I need to work out what it is and you have to look in within yourself it's not necessarily the manager's fault um, sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. But you need to think about as yourself as a player. What am I doing? What can I do to improve myself to get into this team? Um, but he's got a lot of attributes. He can score goals. He's a very, very good finisher from what I've seen. Um, but it's just, it comes down to service, guys. <laughs> it really does. If you're not getting the service that you need, you're not going to be able to perform to your best ability. Uh, like, like Greg said, you know you. You only what is it seven points off the player yeah. places? Is that yeah. right? You know that's not a massive shift of you know turnaround of points that that you need to get. Is what concerns me is if you get there, um, you know is uh, you know you need a striker that's going to be scoring fifteen to twenty goals a season to really really propel yourself even further. Um, and I question that before us at times. I'm not saying that the strikers that you have are are below par. It's just a service. It's just not happening for them. They they have the players there to do it, but it, you know there's a lot of work that needs to be done. But I don't want to be negative because there's been a lot of work clearly that's been done over the last few weeks since Cooper's come in, and you can see the improvement that's been made, and it's very very positive. You know we're still in the first half of the season as well. You know we've still got the business end of the season. Anything can happen. Mm. So um, you know I, I'm not a Forest fan, but I look forward to seeing how how well Forrest can do. Uh, they have the ability to, to push on. Uh, last one on strikers, since we've got a striker here. There's a bit of a growing campaign to bring Dale Taylor in, uh, which Philip says. Now, I haven't seen him play, and I'm guessing you guys haven't either, but he's 17, he's already a Northern Ireland international, doing very wealthy in the 23s, and he's very highly thought of at Forrest. But that's a big ask of a 17-year-old, Nathan, isn't it? When you were a 17-year-old kid at Reading, if you were going to be charged with getting the goals to get them up the championship table. That's quite a lot of an that's a that's a big ask, isn't it? Yeah, it definitely is. It definitely is. And I don't think it's unless this boy is going to be the next Ronaldo or Messi or well, that's a bit too far, but um, Yeah, well, I know you what you mean. He's gonna you know when you when you have such a young striker you have to you have to partner him up with someone with a lot of experience. A very senior player that needs that can show him you know, basically be a battering rat uh, a bit and, you know, help him throughout the games. But, you know, is that what Forrest needs to do right now? If, look, if he's, if, he's, if he's good enough, he's old enough. But, you know, it's still, it's still a tall ask. Um, 
but it's not it's not out of the norm from Forest, I think, in the past, from what I can mm. remember. Mm, true. Martin well, Harewood and yeah, Gary Mills. If you go back a bit further, playing <laughs> European Cup finals and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, if we're looking at midfield, Greg, you mentioned Yates is playing well. Um, what did you make of Brian Hader against Luton? Yeah, I was really surprised not to see him on Friday. Hmm. I thought he was excellent, and I know it's easy to make this slight, but he just reminded me of Raddy. <laughs> I know because he's small and he was, nim- <laughs> but it was just like he was an exciting player that you think, God, I'd forgot about him. Like hmm. he just, I'd completely forgot about him, and I thought he really did a good job. Didn't like set the world alight. His first game for Forest, but a lot of people were talking about him after. So he's another great addition. Someone to look forward to. Seeing. I mean, it's. I wonder whether it's like the end of Carvalho now that he's not even mentioned. He's not even in discussions anymore, is he? It's such a strange. It's going to be such a strange saga when that all finishes. But when we have these players coming through that you forget we've even signed, and and they really did put a good game in. It's it's good for the squad. Mm. There's still a couple of people just saying Carvalho. I mean, there always will be. Um, yeah, well, of course, yeah. he's the most expensive ever player, isn't he? I mean, but when it's now what four managers mm. have all done the same, haven't they? They've all had a look and said not for me, and it's it's gutting. I mean, thirteen million pounds—that's a hell of a lot of money for Championship, isn't it? And he did show on many occasions that he's a quality player, but there must just be something that us fans don't see with him. But I mean, it's pointless wasting much more time on him, really, isn't it? But yeah, the, the new players that came in, I'm excited about. Um, what about, what do you make of Garner against West Brom, Nathan? He, he's had a bit of a sticky patch of form, but I thought he played very well in centre of midfield alongside Yates. Did, did they stand out for you? Yeah, he did. Um, he just... It was a bit quiet at times. I've seen him play better games when I've watched him, but he's a, he's a one hell of, hell of a talented boy. Um, I like him a lot, I really do. I think he's, uh, you know, he's he's attacking plays it, it, a little bit off, but it's 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 getting there. And uh, you know, I liked what I've seen. You know, he's 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 one for the future, and I, I think he's got a great future ahead of him. But I like what I see, and you got to look after him and that. So be nice to him. <laughs> yeah, he, he he did run. It was that bit where he ran about fifty yards back to yeah, charge down yeah. the the guy and concede a, a throw in or something. I thought that showed he's probably back on song. Yeah, you, yeah, you can't coach that. You know, no, that's, that's desire. That's desire, and that's what that's what impressed me most. Like, like I said with Wall, is it was just that desire there. I mean, he's always had it, but it's the desires there. When you've got that, it's. It's so much an e- so much an easier thought going into games, thinking, yeah, like we're not going to concede today. We're going to do well. We've got a good good chance of winning the game. And when you've got talented players like Garner, like Johnson, um, you know they, they can open up defences. But it's just it's just getting there. And it's but I I like to see that the you know that challenge ahead that Forest can really really push push forward with those type of players. Yeah, I suppose, unless you are like, you mentioned Messi and Ronaldo earlier, unless you're like a generational talent, if you're a young player, do you always have peaks and troughs, no matter whether you're from Man United yeah. or wherever? Yeah, I play, obviously I played with Will Hughes and uh, I remember we'd gone and played Millwall and Barcelona scouts were in the stand watching him. It's crazy to think that. But after that, he had a dip in form because he was so young. Uh, you know, he was coming into training, he was fatigued. 
and that can really, you know, it's a young body that's still growing, you know, and he, he at the time, I think he was like 17 years old, um, and that was happening to him. He scored that day against Millwall, but after that, his just form just dipped. It wasn't because our oh, Barcelona were coming to watch him or Man City was watching him. It was just the fact that he was just fatigued because he wasn't used to training so much, like uh, being in the first team around him all the time. So it's you can you can allocate for dipping form, uh, but as a coach and a manager, you need to understand when that happens to pull him out keep them refreshed, you've got other players in there that are capable of doing a, doing a very, very good job for the team. But you need to see that, you know, you can't really rag, rag a racehorse for, for too much, especially if someone's so young. So who are Forrest's best two midfielders, Greg? I mean, Philip, that's an interesting question there. Is it time to prioritise a Jader over Garner? Because obviously Garner's on loan from Man United. If you were picking the midfield for Peterborough now, would it be... Yates and Garner or Yates and a Jada with Colback as a wing back again now he's back from suspension what would you do? Uh, it'd be Yates and Garner because I don't think we should be looking at the future just quite yet we should be looking at the playoffs <laughs> you know and the strong the strongest players but uh, hopefully the cup games we might have some you hate to say like minnows at home or something where you can do that but um, Colback's back from suspension isn't he? Yeah, it was only he, he, his form was superb. So I'd have all three of them playing if possible. Hmm. Um, and Colback's always an option, isn't he, for like a wing back as well? So especially yeah. if you're playing three three good central defenders, um, we can almost overrun the midfield with one striker and five defenders. But um, yeah, it's 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 a good uh, problem to have, I'm sure, for Cooper. Hmm. I play Colback as a wing back. I thought he had a good game against Luton. He made two mistakes and got yellow cards for both of them. But yeah, that's all. Yeah, well. yeah, but that's always been the case with Colback, hasn't it? Mm. Yellow cards. Yeah, <laughs> he's mm. always the first to get five. It seems and the suspension. So hopefully he's got that out of his system now. Because he, I'm so glad that his form has come on. Because when we signed him, it looked like maybe we'd it, best years were behind him. But it's shown the last couple of games how good he can be. Hmm. Hmm. Is it a bit harder when you get the wrong side of 30 or you're pushing 40, Nathan, with people writing you off? <laughs> yeah, every day. <laughs> I've got my own kids do as well. It's like, I need to stop now. So like, no, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. So you've got to enjoy what you do. Otherwise, you're going to, you know, you're going to be uh, rather miserable. So um, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> if we look at um, look ahead to January then, Greg, because obviously that's going to decide a lot. How are you feeling about it? Because Lowe's out injured, Spence might go back. You worry about Worrell, you worried about Johnson potentially. Are you a bit nervous or do you see January as an opportunity? Uh, it's an opportunity, but you know, is signing Spence even an option? Because Middlesbrough would be crazy not to take him back the form he's in. Yeah. He has been absolutely quality for us and I cannot believe God knows what he did to Warnock because he's just brilliant. Uh, so do we like push the boat out and try and sign him? Uh, we're going to miss low, and we've already had you know a couple of games where he could have made the difference. So maybe our, our best signing in January will be a player that's already playing for us uh, and keeping hold of Warrell and Johnson. But um, like I say, maybe the loan market again, but. It, it's the attacking where the problems are, isn't it? 
we're really comfortable at the back, but we don't want to disrupt that. And it looks like it might well happen one way or another, either Spence, Worrell getting the big money move or or something like that could really disrupt us. Mm. Well, how do you think Forrest are good enough to make a playoff push, Nathan? I know you haven't seen too much of them, but have they got enough there in what's maybe a bit of a weaker league this season to have a go at the top six? Yeah, definitely. I think I think there is like you know you're only seven points off it. Um, so as long as you stay in touching distance and make a late surge, I can't see why not. But obviously, there's a lot of building, rebuilding as to come. Maybe the fact that you know new managers come in. I don't know what his what his target is for this season. Maybe just to finish, obviously consolidate this year and then push on. Uh, we had it with Billy Davis when he took charge. He was just that get us out of the situation we were in, consolidate ourselves, and then we push on next season. Um, he, you know, you know Cooper's going to want to push for a playoff place if it's there. Um, but I feel like looking at it. The, you know, the handcuffs are off, really. It's like, go and enjoy yourselves, go and do what you can. Just don't get relegated, it's the main thing. But it's, um, I, if I was in that team, I'd be like, look, it's a fresh start with yet another new manager. Um, but it's, you know, the, the, the gloves are off. Just go and enjoy yourselves and show the manager what you can do. If you make the playoffs, great. If you don't, you don't. Um, but there's a lot to uh, build on and... There's a lot of positivity. I think they can definitely, easy enough, make the push through the playoffs. Question is, can you actually do it and get through that? That's that's another thing. But, you know, How much of a thing is new manager banks? People talk about it a lot. I mean, is that a real thing in a dressing room or, or, or not? Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. um, you know, a new manager coming in might change. Like He will start bringing in his own training sessions, which become enjoyable to start off with if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, it gets repetitive, but um, there's just a new type of buzz. It's, and for instance, for players that have been out of the team, it's a new lease of life. They might not a lot, uh, not got along with the old, the old regime. Um, so there's new buzz as a, you know, and then there's obviously uncertainty as well, because you could be playing week in, week out, and then new manager comes in, doesn't like, you know, doesn't like your face, your face don't fit in, and that's it, gone. You're done. Um, so there's a lot of uncertainty and obviously when you get that bounce you naturally will get it but it's about maintaining that bounce as well um, and you have to you have to have your philosophy correct in um, how to move the club forward so which I think Steve Cooper is you know from what I've seen is, is very very good so it's yeah, it's in your hands really <laughs> Are they, are they, I mean, at least they're a more enjoyable side, aren't they, than under Hewton? As a, as a fan, Greg, it must be so much better now, mustn't it? Yeah, it is. There just seems to be like a genuine passion with Cooper as well. I I never used to listen to the interviews after games with previous managers and with Cooper. He just speaks so well. He's, he, he seems to get it. And you think with Dane Murphy now there as well behind the scenes and obviously... You know, he's going to be planning for January and this is his first big test of himself, isn't it? So uh, I'm excited for, for January and for the second half of the season because you forget, like Nathan said, we're not even halfway through. I think we've got like 25 games left. Mm-hmm. There's still a hell of a long way. And it's so easy to say, oh, well, yeah, this season, you know, we'll see 
see what happens and build for next. But 25 games, it's so many points left remaining. And I just think that the crowd are on the right side of the players for once. You know, we, we all can't wait to see the manager keep getting better and better. Do his little fist pump on Saturday after we win. And you just think uh, there's just a nice feeling around the club again at the minute. And it's been missed uh, recent years. And I'm just, I'm excited. I'm confident. I just feel like we're building now and we're not trying to rush into things and we're getting the right people in the right positions, not just on the pitch, but off the pitch. Mm. Um, right. What's happening with you then, Nathan? You always tell me you're going to keep playing. Is this the last season or <laughs> could we get one more season out of you, do you think? Oh, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I'm not playing much at the moment. I, pe- I came on. Last oh, last Tuesday, <laughs> in a in a bit of an alien role for me, really. Um, but we ended up drawing the game two two. We've got literally, so we've got, it's ridiculous the injury list we've got. It's like 12, 12 plus players, I think, and a lot of them are long term injuries as well. Uh, we've had a player who shattered a kneecap. Someone's broken an eye socket. It's literally the injuries we're getting but yet we're top of the league so it's, it's mad so um i've you know obviously it's 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 nice that it means that i'm getting involved and getting on the bench but i just feel for the lads really that are injured um but we've i think we're i think we're going to be all right but in terms of myself yeah i just i might as well do another year if i can <laughs> so um I, i'm just gonna enjoy look, i'm just enjoying the moment enjoy the season and i'll regroup and think about at the end of the year. I mean, I get a lot of stick from my teammates and that saying, oh, you're old, you know, you need a walking stick and all this stuff. And yeah, I'm still running past them and that. So it's it, it's just weird. I'm in a weird situation because my body's not failing me. I think if my body was that, you know, just failed me completely and it's like, look, you can't do it anymore, then it's an easy decision. But at the moment, it's just a tough one, really, because I know that I can still go out there and do it. Um, it might be just in short bursts and you know, coming off the bench and having 30 minutes here, 30 minutes there, or, you know, see how it goes. But I'm just enjoying it. I'm enjoying the challenge, you know, especially when we're top of the league as well. Mm. So it's good. It's good. It'd be nice to play for us in the FA Cup. We've got FA Cup this weekend against Salford, so it'd be nice to draw away at the city ground and get booed again. So. <laughs> oh, it'd be hilarious. If you if lost Salford out the FA Cup, that'd be hilarious with all their money. Right. Yeah, it's, it's on TV as well, so it'd be... Needs to go and get a haircut and that makes stuff look good. <laughs> <laughs> what was the alien role you came on in? Uh, we played uh, played me in the ten. We had two tens. So, um, but at that time, Orchingham were just literally just pressing on. We couldn't get near them, and we just dropped deeper and deeper and deeper. And it, it invited them on, um, and they scored. Uh, the first goal was we should have done better. The second one was just a deflection over our keeper, and then, um, but we're. Um, we were very disappointed. It was like a loss for us, but in hindsight, looking back on it, we've had so many injuries, key injuries as well, um, and yet we're still. We've only lost one game this season, so you know we'll take it on the chin and say, yeah, you know, like like how Greg felt after after the game on Friday. You know, that's how we felt. We felt disappointed because we should have won the game, um, but in hindsight, is that it was a good. It was pretty much a good result. It keeps us on check, and you know. Uh, We've not been surpassed this weekend. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously you're playing for Chesterfield, um, we should say. Last one before we go. That's a mad league, isn't it? Non-league, the National League. You've got Wrexham are owned by Hollywood. Notts County are a massive club. Stockport are signing players on like whatever thousand a week. It's a yeah. tough old league, isn't it, to get out of? It's literally, it's, I thought League One and League Two were a fly trap. I don't even know what this one you can call it. A trap door. <laughs> it's so, it's so tough. Everyone can beat everyone. Um, and also you're playing against teams that are part-time as well. Um, it's it's just crazy. It's just crazy. I, I really do think that they need to give an extra place for playoff um, so for promotion in the league because the gap between the National League and League Two is not that massive. Um, it's you know a lot of teams that do go up do tend to stay up, apart from obviously with what happened with Macclesfield. Um, yeah, it's you know it's just a strange, strange, strange league, strange league. Right, I think we shall uh, leave it there. Thanks to everyone who watched along and listened along as ever and dropped some comments in. Do give us, if you could give us a five-star review and a nice comment on iTunes, <laughs> that would make a, a big difference because it lets people see the podcast uh, and then find it. So that does help. So uh, that'd be great. Nathan, thanks very much for joining us and we wish you well thank for the rest of the season. Oh, thank you. Thanks a lot. Cheers. And Greg, thanks as ever. Yeah, no, good. Good to speak to you, Nathan. Oh, Andrew, Greg. And we shall be back this time next week. Thanks very much, everyone. Thank you for listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. Thanks for listening. Yeah.